Provo. Last week against the Broncos, the Cougar offense struck first, and hopes were high. Mangum takes the snap, hands off Tolu Tau. Ula running right, and then right into the end zone! The Cougars open up on top! But after dropping its fifth straight game, BYU heads to the Deep South for a matchup with Mississippi State. It's never easy to lose a game. Obviously, it's never easy to lose five in a row. I think our mindset right now is just to continue to get better. You just got to forget about the loss that happened and just move on. While the Cougars are trying to make the necessary adjustments, they know the biggest change needs to be cleaning up their mistakes. We're not playing to our potential. We're making a lot of mistakes. We're a better team than what our record shows and what the score shows. But once we start correcting those things, then they'll start showing up. With each game and each opponent comes a a new opportunity and a chance to turn this season around. Looking forward to the game and just trying to get this thing turned around and then hopefully it happens this weekend. It's time to count you down to kickoff. BYU versus Mississippi State on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Live coverage of BYU football begins with the Cougar Countdown Show. The Countdown Show is brought to you by Ken Garf Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen. Proud sponsors of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good morning, BYU fans. Hey, it's not very often I get to say that. Welcome into the Cougar Countdown Show. Today, the BYU Cougars are in the Deep South, Starkville, Mississippi, for a game against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Cougars looking to snap a five-game losing streak after falling at home last week to Boise State. Joining me now from Davis Wade Stadium is former BYU quarterback and longtime Cougar radio analyst Mark Lyons. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning, Jason. Yeah, I'm great. Boy, uh, I'm all excited and pumped up here. You know, I don't know uh, what it is, but uh, the trip to Mississippi has been great. Uh, It's really been a fun kind of a exposure the atmosphere is terrific uh, i'm pretty pumped up uh, seeing games last night uh, i'm ready yeah there were a couple of upsets last night and i know cougar fans hoping that maybe just maybe there's another upset uh, on the horizon today and mark it certainly will not be an easy task today at all but for a team like byu looking for something to build on today's game could be a very big opportunity you know, you got to sell it that way because uh, this is the best football team that BYU is going to face in the remainder of the season. And this is your chance to come out and show somebody. Now, I, I like the cut that uh, we let in with uh, when the, I don't know who it was talking, but he said, we're better than our record. And uh, we're a better football team. We're making too many mistakes. We'd like to show that we are a better team. Today is that chance for redemption because this is your best opponent remaining on the schedule for you to come out and be satisfied with one victory that could be meaningful today is the day to do it and so uh, i think that this has to be a kind of a a day that you're kind of jacked up and ready to get after it last week at this time when we were getting ready for boise state the biggest question was surrounding the quarterback situation and who was going to play and was it going to be Tanner Mangum or was it going to be somebody else? There is much less drama surrounding the BYU quarterback situation this week. Tanner Mangum will start. The true freshman Joe Critchlow is his backup. What do you think Ty Detmer needs to see from Tanner this week in terms of progress? Well, I I think that uh, he has to, Tanner I'm talking about, has to be able to follow the protocol that they've prepared during the week. 
So you put this game plan in, and you get ready, and you, you see the, the areas you want to attack at, against Mississippi State, and you have to follow through and do that job. Now, I do think that uh, last week uh, a couple of those interceptions are still timing problems that uh, BYU has between their quarterback and receivers. They, they Receivers get to an open area, and you kind of expect them to settle down, and uh, the ball is thrown, and the receiver continues to run a route. Or the ball is thrown and the receivers settle down in that open area. Things that should have been worked out earlier. So the communication between coaches, players, and players to each other just has to be more proficient. They have to be better at their communication skills of being able to recognize this is what they're telling me to do. And then I've got to follow through and get that done. So I think that they uh, really have to be able to spend more time in the in the coach's office, in the room, and explain better what's supposed to take place and what's going to happen on the field. Mark, we've heard Coach Satake discuss multiple times over the last several weeks that Ula Tolatau, the running back for BYU, really needs to be a focal point. Last week against Boise State, only nine carries. Mm-hmm. Was very productive. And the biggest thing for him is the fact that he is getting healthy week after week uh, mm-hmm. after you know coming home from his mission and just mm-hmm. going through that process. How much Ula Tolutau do you expect to see today for BYU's offense? Well, I expect to see him get 20 carries. That's where you, know, you kind of put that level out there, that number out there that you expect that that's going to be a a sizable number, but uh, uh, you're right. All of those things you just expressed, I think, are reasons why he needs to be a bigger part of that rush offense. He's stronger right now. He's gotten through. He had the injury in the uh, fall practice. It kept him out for a long time. He's more familiar now with being out there in the, as a player. So you, the, sometimes you wonder the, why he's out of the game. Is he not familiar with all the offense? Is he not able to pick up the blitz? But all of those things have to be settled now. They all It's long enough in the season that he's no longer a freshman. He's a midseason player. So he's got to get more carries, more action out there in the field. He has to be a bigger part. And I think that's one of those communication things that are going on between the coaching staff because some people think he needs to get more, and uh, it's just got to happen. Let's focus on the oh, opponent. By the be- way, though, Jason, let me just yes. say, that defensive front of Mississippi State's going to be rugged, so it, it'll be a challenge for him to run for a lot of yards. Without question. There's absolutely no question about that. And let's focus on Mississippi State. And let's talk about the offense, though. Bulldog quarterback Nick Fitzgerald will be an absolute handful today. For the BYU defense, you can make a case that it's the best quarterback the BYU will face all season long. Now, Mississippi State's passing attack is not a juggernaut, but Fitzgerald on the ground is dynamic. Where can BYU make the most impact against him defensively today? Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, that's my number one key today on keys to the game. You just cannot let that quarterback beat you with his legs. And he's really good, uh, and they, they do a terrific job. But when they come out in spread formation, so he's, he's back there as the only back. There's nobody back there with him. Uh, they run that quarterback draw really well, and they run it a lot. So uh, he is Taysom Hill to Mississippi State. He's uh, able to run for first downs on third and, and medium yardage. He's also able to pull it down and scramble. He's 6'5 and 230 or 225, somewhere in there. He's a big, tough kid. He takes hits. In fact, he delivers hits. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Passing-wise, he threw for 47% uh, 
against BYU last year and ran for 41 yards. So he wasn't. Uh, BYU did a pretty good job of uh, containing him last year. Right now his pass game is at 52%. But uh, against uh, he's played some pretty good defenses. That's the one thing I was very impressed with when I watched the Georgia-Mississippi State game. Georgia's really good on defense. But uh, he only completed 39% against Auburn and 48% against Georgia. So those good defenses have limited their success in throwing the football. Yeah, I mean, this has been a team that, that's had really good performances and then some subpar performances and kind of been up and down. And I know on the Mississippi State side, they're looking to get a little bit more consistency, just like we talk about BYU as well. He's Mark Lyons. He is in Starkville, Mississippi, getting ready for the Cougars and the Bulldogs. I'm in our BYU radio studios in Provo, Utah. When we come back, you will hear from Kalani Satake, Trey Dye, and both coordinators in Cougar Cuts. You're listening to BYU Football and the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you getting you ready for BYU and Mississippi State. It's time for Cougar Cuts. And, Mark, it's somewhat of a sports cliche, but teams are always trying to find their identities. And Coach Satake was asked about why this team hasn't been able to establish that identity so far this season. Probably a lot of reasons. I don't know if it's one single reason, but I'm, I'm going to hang it on, on me. So the kids are doing everything we ask, and, and I'm not coaching them well enough. So that's what it comes down to. But we want to develop an identity. I mean, that's that's something you can hang your hat on, you know, and as an offense we want to. I think defensively we kind of have that, but um, we want to get better. You know, I think last year defensively we were more aggressive, and so we're trying to find ways to create more big plays. Offensively, um, it's taken a while to develop, and that's my fault. You know, Mark, it, I certainly don't want to put words in Kalani's mouth, but, I mean, you can just hear the the frustration that this far into the year that that identity has has not, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's not established itself. Who are they? Yeah, who are they? they you just uh, don't have any. Uh, I do think that uh, there was a the play that I felt as though was something they could build on, and that was the bootleg and the bootleg pass. And so uh, I thought... Uh, I, it was a good play that BYU was able to pretty much pick up yards. It was one you could kind of come off of. But uh, since uh, Hodge got hurt running that, uh, or he threw the interception, that was it. We haven't seen that bootleg since. I don't know whether there's anything related to those, but I was uh, impressed also. LSU, uh, the coach is saying the exact same thing. We just have not found an identity yet as to who we are. And so uh, those teams that aren't having the same success they expected to have, yeah, that must just be a, something that goes along with not being as good as you thought you were going to be. We don't have anything we can hang our hat on. Is BYU a pass team? No. They threw a lot on first down last week, so I thought that was a way to kind of create a change in their offensive strategy. And in the first possession, it was good. Tanner was 4 for 4. Ended up uh, moving him in for a touchdown. And uh, later on in the game, they're still throwing on first down, but still not having that same success as the opening drive. So are they going to be a a runoff balanced power team, or so are they going to be a a pass game, or are they going to be play action? We just don't know yet because they haven't found something that's been successful enough to build on. Well, when Ty Detmer took the job at BYU, he came 
with a specific offense in mind that he wanted to run. It's the pro-style offense. That's what he ran. That's what he was bringing to BYU. But due to injuries, personnel changes, and, and other things, he's had to adjust. He's had to adjust on the fly. Detmer talks about how close this year's offense is to what he actually envisioned running when he got to Provo. Well, we're a lot different right now. Um, Personnel-wise, we're still built a little bit more for the spread, and, and we feel like we're a little better in the gun, either quarterback-wise or, or scheme-wise for what our guys do. So you want to get to a point where you've got the right guys in the right place for what you want to do. And so I'm, I'm learning a ton on the fly here as far as some of the other spread nuances to a spread offense and zone read and bubbles and uh, RPOs and all those things that I'm not as familiar with and not afraid to admit it. You know, we've, we've all racking our brains on what our guys do best. You know, we're exploring all options and we're not just sitting there trying to beat our head against the wall and run the same stuff every week. It's There's got to be a, a system in place, but then you tweak from that and kind of morph into what you, you feel like maybe you can have more success with. So it'll be good for the future, but right now we're, we're taking our lumps trying to figure it out. It's a work in progress. You know, Mark, and when I asked him that question, I was really curious the about the answer that he would give. And, you know, he came with the, with the one system in mind, but just like any good coach, depending on your personnel and on all of the things that come up in the middle of a season, you know, you can, you can want to do – all of these things, but if it's not working, you have to make adjustments. And as he mentioned, he's he's had to adjust quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, he wanted to be a quarterback under center with a straight pro offense. That was his objective when he came in. And so the fact that now they uh, go out of the shotgun and they go no huddle, those are things that uh, he had to adjust to. I, I appreciate that he was pretty straightforward in saying, we got to find something here. And when we talk about identity, he just mentioned the exact same thing. we got to find what works. And uh, so far, they're still looking for that, what's going to work. And usually, you know, I am surprised. But the injuries have made a big difference yeah. in what he's been able to do. And I think this injury year is worse than usual. And so I think that does uh, complicate things for what they're trying to accomplish. Well, speaking of, of things they're trying to accomplish, with, with so much shuffling going on with the quarterback position, the players at other positions have had to adjust. And Trey Dye was asked if the backs and the receivers have had a difficult time doing that. The easy answer would be able to say it doesn't change anything, but it is a little bit different from Bo to Coy to Tanner to, to Joe. It does change it a little bit, but at the end of the day, your execution needs to be the same. If you need to run a route a certain way and you know what the timing's supposed to be, you know your progression on the quarterback's read, you need to run it the same no matter who's in. And you need to adjust to a ball if he throws it a little bit differently and going through practice while we practice. You kind of need to know those things. It can't just be, oh, I didn't know he's going to do it like this or everybody wants to point the blame. It should be the offensive line should execute what they're going to do. The running back should execute what he's going to do, the receivers, and then the quarterback. We all need to help each other out. So to answer your question, it's uh, it's a little bit different, but it really shouldn't matter. You know, and I mean, just like Trey said, yes, you have to deal with differences within quarterbacks, but at the end of the day, Everybody around the quarterback still has a job to do, and it really shouldn't matter. Yeah, it shouldn't. And, uh, you know, the thing that I thought was kind of telling related to that is when uh, Coy Detmer went in against Utah State and they had four uh, false starts. And so that is an adjustment probably that's coming because of a different timing from the quarterback position. 
And so that's a, an example of kind of pointing out how it's just a little bit different and how it does make a difference. BYU got an up-close and personal look at this Bulldog team last year, including their stud quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald. Obviously, things went quite well for BYU last year in Provo when they won a double overtime. But Coach Tuiaki talked about the Mississippi State signal caller and the difficult task of playing in Starkville. The quarterback is, is a, has, has another year under his belt and a lot more effective, especially in the run game. I mean, he can do some really good things with his feet, and they've had some really good success with him running, running the, behind center. Um, but they're an SEC team that's physical, and they're used to big games, and we're going to their house, so it'll be a different deal. But good time for our guys to go and get some you know, reflection on who we are as a team and, and, what, and go into a hostile environment with a lot of cowbells and stuff. So... Looking forward to the game and, and um, you know, just trying to get this thing turned around and then hopefully it happens this weekend. And, of course, Coach Sataki, not Coach Tuiaki. And, by the way, he mentioned the, the cowbells. We haven't even brought up the cowbells to this point. Uh, have you seen or heard any cowbells to this point, Mark? I have, yeah. Uh, there's somebody down. Uh, <clears throat> he got here early and he's ready to ring. Boy, I, so uh, they rattle that thing a lot. It's a, it's a big, it's kind of fun. You know, I think it's pretty fun. To, it's uh, something that they hang their hat on, and it's pretty uh, pretty unique. And so I think it's kind of a fun thing to do. Well, there may be a cowbell question coming up, because coming up on the other side, <laughs> we'll talk with the radio analyst for Mississippi State, Matt Wyatt. That's coming up next. The Cougar Countdown Show continues in just a moment on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. My name is Jason Shepard. I'm in our BYU Radio Studios in Provo, Utah. Mark Lyons joins me from Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville, Mississippi, the site of today's BYU football game taking on Mississippi State. We are also now joined by the radio analyst for Bulldog football, Matt Wyatt. Matt, thanks for taking a few minutes this morning. We appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Glad to join you guys. So, Take me through this. Three nice wins to begin the season. Two blowout losses after that. We were talking in previous segments um, about BYU trying to find an identity. What's the identity of this Bulldog team through five games? Well, I think, you know, statistically, let's kind of back it up as well, is that their identity is want to run the ball on offense. Everything offensively needs to, wants to start with the running game. You know, um, they don't have that big 6'4", experienced, fire-breathing receiver outside that people don't want to cover one-on-one. They don't have that. So to get people open in the pass game, and they got a quarterback who can really sling it around, um, they have to do it off play action. And and so for play action to work, you got to be able to run the ball. So as you mentioned, yeah, three wins, a couple of blowout losses. Those were pretty clear examples of the first three games teams that you were able to line up and run the ball at them successfully outside, inside, do the zone stuff you want to do. Therefore, play action came open and some throws came off of that. But when you played Georgia and Auburn both on the road, those two teams didn't allow State to run the ball. They won the line of scrimmage, and therefore there was no play action really to be had, and you got guys on the outside getting covered. And then the last piece of that is they are hoping to find a little bit you know, of a different identity throwing the ball 
to some younger receivers. All their size and athleticism really at receiver is in the freshman and sophomore class. They have one sophomore who's 6'5", named Jamal Couch, played a few snaps last year, made two big catches at Auburn. They worked him as a first-team guy now for the last two weeks. And then Reggie Todd and Osiris Mitchell, two 6'5 freshmen, they decided, hey, they're our best athletes. We've got to get them ready to play. So that may be something that we'll see is a little different today. Well, I just couldn't believe the difference in quality of teams. Uh, LSU was really exceptionally good when they beat BYU. And uh, then for them to turn around and Mississippi State just whoops them. Yeah. I was so shocked at that. And then, so I'm riding the Mississippi State train. And, man, Georgia and Auburn are excellent football teams. <laughs> really good. on Man, as yeah. I watch those videos, they're really good on defense. So everybody in the SEC, though, what you're talking about, they pound the rockets, just hammer that ball and run it, and they've got people that can fly. Can, can really run. There's a lot of speed. And, you know, I think it's true. We'll see as the season goes on. But State played two of the best three teams in the SEC in back-to-back weeks on the road. Yeah. And sometimes in those situations, you can really even play well and lose the game, yeah. much less if you go and turn it over and you have, what was it, seven false start penalties at Auburn, stuff like that. So they kind of imploded a little bit. I, Dan Mullen, I felt like, summed it up pretty nicely uh, after the press conference, after the Georgia game. He said, you know, we beat LSU. We played really well against LSU, executed well. And they didn't really play that well. And so the entire country is telling us how great we are. And we're probably not as good as they said. He said, now we go to Georgia. They played really well. We didn't play that well. And now everybody's telling us how bad we are. We're probably not as bad as they say. The truth is somewhere in the middle. And, and I think, you know, with two weeks to get ready, Bulldog fans really do expect to see the team at least execute better, not have those false start penalties that we saw in the last game. When you think of Mississippi State, you obviously think of Nick Fitzgerald. At least that's what BYU fans yeah. are talking about. He's obviously a very dynamic quarterback. How has his season been evaluated to this point? Well, he's done, I think, in all the games, including the last two games that you lose, he's done some things better this year than he did a year ago. Um, he had one throw this year, one in, in the entire season. That was against Louisiana Tech in the first quarter. That was an ill-advised, just bad decision throw that turned into an interception. You look at the other times where they he's had two interceptions that were tip balls that his receiver had a chance to catch. He's not taking these unnecessary risks. He's doing a little bit better job of taking what the defense gives him in the pass game. Um, the other side of that, though, is I, I don't. I, I still think offensively, with the receiver stuff we talked about, I think it's good to understand they start with Donald Gray on one side as a starting wideout who's been healthy. The other starter is a senior. Gabe Miles has been out with an injury, and there's just they have they haven't had the guys get open and get separation really to throw the football to enough. So at this point, it's kind of hard to evaluate him statistically. I think I think you'll see today a guy who's pretty mature. He doesn't get rattled. He doesn't get up emotionally or down emotionally like he did a year ago. He's pretty even keeled. Um, and he'll make a few plays today here at home. Well, when you look at the defense, what stood out to me was Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. Man, alive. The, 
he's huge and he's so quick. And then yeah. you look at the other defensive linemen, and they're huge and quick. And yeah. uh, those guys up front are really solid. They're solid. It's a deeper group than I think people realized they were going to have on that defensive front. It does all build around Jeffrey Simmons. And his season has been a bit of a roller coaster, too, because, man, he was so dominant in the first three games. You know, um, you had Charleston Southern here, Louisiana Tech, LSU. None of those teams could block him. Yeah. Well, then Georgia kind of chewed him up. They, they double teamed him the entire game. His defensive tackle counterpart as a starter, Corey Thomas, was then out with an injury. And the other guys who were getting some single-up opportunities weren't really winning. And so Georgia just doubled him the whole game and, and ate him up. And then Auburn, a little bit of that, too. He made a play against Auburn. Um, but, yeah, Jeffrey, he has the ability and was a five-star recruit to be um, the best defensive tackle to ever play here. Yeah, and they've had some good ones, you know. The thing that they have to do now, he's a sophomore, true sophomore, is how does he get that penetration every week? You, know, you can't have those games like he did against Georgia where he can't get through. So, uh, But he's a motivated kid that works really, really hard. And like you say, everything they do defensively is built around him. Yeah. Matt Wyatt, the radio analyst for Mississippi State Football, joining us here on the Cougar Countdown Show. With BYU's struggles so far this year, what has been the talk surrounding this game from the Bulldog perspective? Well, I think, you know, for Mississippi State and the fans here and the talk, I, I do a talk radio show uh, statewide here during the week, and so the, the conversation has just all week been about, you know, is State going to find explosive plays on offense? It's really like all the talk has been about State's offense and can they score because, frankly, people look at BYU's struggles on offense and go, well, with State's athletes and their scheme, they ought to be able to limit BYU from a, from a points standpoint, you know. Um, so a lot of the talk has been about what is State's offense going to do. With They score one touchdown in the game against Georgia, score one against Auburn. Uh, Bulldog fans really want to see their offense in the end zone. And, you know, I think it, when, you, when you look closely, um, you know, I know the record will tell you one story. BYU physically in some spots is going to match up pretty well with State's offense. I mean, when, when BYU's defense is on the field, it's going to be, uh, you're going to have some stalemates. They're going to get some tackles for loss. State's a little banged up on the offensive line. Their best offensive tackle, who's an NFL prospect, uh, Martinez Rankin, is likely out for this game. Mm -hmm. They may move some guys around, and we'll see. Uh, his backup is a big guy, 6'8", and about 320, but he's 3, a freshman. 3,000. Yeah, right. Might as well be, right? <laughs> but, but he's a freshman, you know, and he played in his first game really last oh, week. Yeah. So. Uh, there's some unknowns on the offensive side for State. So, um, yeah, we don't always – I don't really pay that close attention to the betting lines. A lot of people in our state did and said, boy, State's this huge favorite. And, frankly, I think people looking at it realistically went, well, that's a stretch because State offensively has been pretty stagnant now mm -hmm. for two straight games, and we'll see what they're able to do this yeah, week. That's the thing. Uh, both of those defenses probably shine. Yeah. On that defensive side, do they uh, – the secondary, do you think they're going to play mostly man today, or do you think they'll play – they'll mix it up again? I think they'll mix it up. I think they'll and, – and early in the game, I wouldn't be surprised to see – um, vanilla is not the right word, but maybe just some zone stuff where you depend on the four down, three down, or that you know six man Front box guy. a little more early to see. You know, can we win the line of scrimmage against BYU's offense with four down? Can we do it with those front five and when we're in three four? Mm -hmm. Because if you can. Yeah. They really would like to help each other in the secondary with a little zone. 
allow those safeties to think less about coming straight downhill to hit the running back because against Auburn and Georgia, that's what got them hurt, right, is these incredibly aggressive safeties in McLaurin and Abram that jump the play action. They jump that play action. And it's just good coaching. Those other teams watch film and said, hey, look, their safeties, they're interested in playing against the run. <laughs> and they are. And so they play action them and trick play the little flea flicker and throw it over their head two or three times and really had them questioning, you know, their eyes. And so for two weeks now, Ron English, the former Michigan defensive coordinator, uh, who's the safeties coach here now at State, has been working on safeties eye discipline. Here's what you're looking at. This is your key to whether you're downhill or you're back, and they've really focused on that. So I think early in the game, especially until you see how it's going, we may see more zone, actually. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Matt, great stuff. Appreciate the time. We'll let you get uh, over and get ready for your broadcast. Have a good call, and thanks for joining us. Guys, thank you. There we go. Matt Wyatt, radio analyst for Mississippi State football. Coming up next, it's your chance to ask Lions. If you've got a question for Mark Lyons, you can tweet me at JSNShep. Don't forget, use the hashtag AskLions. That's A-S-K-L-Y-O-N-S. We'll have that coming up next. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back into the Cougar Countdown Show. My name is Jason Shepard, joined by Mark Lyons, getting you ready for the Cougars and the Bulldogs. And it's time to ask Lyons. Mark, Cougar fans have some questions for you. And we will start with Carl in Springville. Carl asks, besides a win, what would show progress today from BYU? Yeah, I think the just putting together drives would really be something you know and then started i felt last week against boise state in that second half they weren't consistent enough to keep drives going but in three possessions in a row they made three first downs in each of those drives so they made first down first down first down but it stalls that's the place you got to have enough consistency to keep those drives going that's what you're trying to do with this offense is to have some ball control keep it away from your opponent and score points at the end of drives so if they were able to do that uh, you know that would be a huge step for them and and also give them a great opportunity to win because when you put first downs together you end up with positive field position even if you punt you punt them into a hole so uh, that would be uh, one of the things that I would like to see. And then secondly, to be competitive. Man, just fight. Get out and play the game. That's a visual thing. You don't see that in the numbers all the time. But you want to see your team come out and compete. And uh, I think that uh, if we could see that there was an attitude change that's still starting to come from that Utah State game, from that team meeting, uh, it's by now... It's got to be in their heads that they can come out and win this football game. I could not agree with you more, Mark. Uh, at McMillan Jeffrey underscore Dixon, do you think Tanner Mangum has a short leash today? I, I do think that they're going to expect Tanner to be productive early. And uh, I don't know. They want to know what Joe Critchlow can do. They don't know. They haven't seen him in live action. He, he, it's been a long time since he's played the game. So the fact that uh, it's new to him, they want to give him the exposure. They would like to see him go out and play against a good quality defense. And so uh, 
he's going to get an opportunity, and I think it might be earlier than later unless Tanner's just rolling. If, if uh, BYU gets rolling and Tanner's on top of everything, then he's going to stay out there. But I expect that he would like to get Critchlow into the game at a time that it means something and he can evaluate him as a quarterback as to whether they can use him to win football games. At BYU Statsman asks, does BYU have more passing yards than their season average today, which, by the way, is 155.8? Uh, yes. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, I yes said, or no, Mark? I said yes or no. What? Wait, hello, goodbye. Hello, goodbye. I just don't know if I'm coming or going. Uh in the situation that they want to do today, they want to be able to run the football more. They want to be able to be productive in the run game. But that should assist in their play-action pass. And the play-action pass would be a complement to that run game. And the play-action pass is where they've been successful. I just think that they've run that bootleg pass was their best productive play on, the, on passing the football. So uh, if they are able to run the football well and then set up the play-action pass off of that, I think that would be uh, more than 155 yards. Isn't that something? 155 yards, and that's the, that's the ceiling of what you think that you can accomplish. Yeah, You've got to be able to think you're going to be able to throw for more than 225 yards. Yeah, certainly not what, uh, what Cougar fans are used to seeing and, uh, and certainly what, uh, what Ty Detmer and the offensive coaches were expecting this year. All right, here comes a, a much-needed question from Ollie in Barstow, California. He says, I need to talk about something positive. What positives have you seen from the team this year? I think that the, the goal line defenses, the times that BYU has turned the football over deep and the teams have gotten down inside the red zone, and BYU's been very good at limiting them to field goals. And so uh, they've been excellent. The defense has been excellent when their back is to the wall. And uh, this is a place that Mississippi State has some trouble. They haven't been terrific in the red zone, or, or blue zone as we say. So uh, I think that that's the area that I'm most impressed with, with how BYU's playing. Uh, I think that they're very good in limiting points when teams have positive field position. Want to thank the uh, Cougar fans for chiming in uh, during our Ask Lions segment again throughout the week. If you have questions for Mark that you'd like to ask for the upcoming Cougar Countdown show, you can tweet me throughout the week at JSN Shep. Don't forget, use the hashtag Ask Lions. That's A S K L Y O N S. When we come back, my Shep Talk conversation with true freshman cornerback Joe Critchlow. The Cougar Countdown show continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. BYU getting ready to face Mississippi State in Starkville, Mississippi. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you getting ready for today's matchup. This week's Ship Talk conversation is with BYU quarterback Joe Critchlow. The man was in the mission field a little over three months ago. Now he's the backup quarterback for the Cougars. He was able to get into the game last week against Boise State. The final two minutes, his first collegiate snaps. Those are just a couple of things that we talked about during this week's Ship Talk with Joe Critchlow. Just how crazy have the last two weeks been for you? It's been a crazy past two weeks. But for me personally, it's been a great opportunity for me 
to, to prove myself to my teammates, to the coaches. I, I really feel like with the circumstances that have, that have happened to our team, I, I've received more of a shot to, to prove myself on the practice field. And it's, it's been a great opportunity. I got my first time uh, in-game this past week against Boise State. Obviously, it was very short, but it was exciting. It was great to be back on the field. What was your reaction when the coaches approached you and said, hey, I know the original plan was to redshirt, and we would really like to do that, but circumstances just aren't going to allow that. What was your reaction when they said, we would like to take that redshirt off and possibly play you? It was always a a mutual decision. Uh, I credit the coaches, especially Coach Detmer. They've been very very open, transparent with me in, in walking me through the process. And I understand what what was needed. If, if the team needs me, that's why, that's why I'm here. If the team needs me now, that's, that's what I'll do. I, I'll do anything that they ask to, to help contribute. Take me through the emotions of what it was like two minutes to go in the game at Boise State, and you finally step onto the field for your first collegiate snaps. That had to have been an unbelievable moment for you. Mm-hmm. It definitely was. I, I've waited a long time to, to play in a college football game, and it was obviously very exciting. I had some, had some nerves, but... It felt really good to get out there on the field. I, I know Boise State originally called a timeout, which was probably a good thing. Uh, gave me a chance to really collect myself and go back out there. But it, it felt great. It felt great to, to be back on a field, throw a pass. It was really fun with the crowd all around me. For those that may not necessarily know, and there's, there's quite a few questions that I want to ask in terms of your background, and, and we'll get to the story and how you came to BYU. But how would you describe your play as a quarterback? I would start with the fact that I am a pro-style quarterback. I, am, I, I throw first, but along with that fact, I, I do consider myself an athlete as well. I've always been able to escape the pocket, make plays with my legs, uh, whether it be buying time for receivers to get open or, or scrambling for a few yards. I really just like to fit into the system of, that the offense that we run. I'm a very competitive quarterback. I, I want to win. I want to score every time our offense has the ball. You have a very interesting story on how you got mm-hmm. to BYU because you had originally committed to Southern Utah. You had gone on a mission. Um, you're from the South to begin with. So you have an interesting story on how you got here. Why don't you let, uh, let everybody know um, how you actually came to BYU? My story? I always had the dream and the hope that I would be able to play college football at and being able to do so at a great program like BYU is, is an honor. I'm really, really happy to be here. But, but growing up, I always assumed that I would stay in the South. There were a lot of schools that showed a lot of interest from where I was from. But um, before my junior year, I made the decision that I would, I would serve a mission after I graduated from high school for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And after I made that decision, I feel like a lot of attention on me waned. Uh, created some more complications. It was something that the coaches really weren't used to down South. Um, and I feel like a lot of the coaches out west were more accustomed to young men, young athletes going on missions after high school. Lucky enough for me, I, I was able to, to meet Coach Lamb. He gave me that opportunity. He's, he's always had my back, really, and I was really excited to, to play for Southern Utah with him. After I, I went on my mission and Coach Lamb took the opportunity to come to BYU, I, that was a, a no-brainer for me. I wanted to, to follow him and be able to play for a great program. Being able to do so has been a real blessing. You were just talking about the connection that you have with Coach Lamb. I have to imagine that in with so many things happening all at once for you to be able to have a guy, not not to mention the other coaches that, that you trust, but to have Coach Lamb who you had that relationship with prior to coming here, that has to be a big deal to you. I feel like the, the player-coach relationship is something very important, especially with football. 
I feel like Coach Lamb is always has always had my best interest in mind in, in my, my potential, my progression. And the opportunity that he's given me to first play for Southern Utah and second to, to play here at BYU is, has been really influential on my, my life and my football career. What's the quarterback room like? Uh, there are a lot of great guys in the quarterback room. I, I, I would say that we definitely get along. Ty really, really has us rolling sometimes with some of his jokes, but... It's been a great opportunity for me to, to really understand a, a college football scheme. Coming from the high school that I did, obviously there was a, a step up getting to, to the college game, a college offense, and it's been a real pleasure learning from guys that have been in the system in college for, for quite some time. Talking with other offensive players just over the last couple of weeks, and, and obviously you know, the season has not started the way that, that you guys had hoped that it would. Everybody says that we're not that far off. Yes, we're making some mistakes, but it's, they're not mistakes that we can't overcome. How close do you guys as an offense feel you are to putting it all together? I would say that, that we are very close. It's, it's disappointing to see the, what we've done in the past with the amount of talent that we do have on the offensive side of the ball. There have been moments and flashes where we've really clicked and we've been able to display that, that talent, the chemistry that we have as an offensive unit. Um, and I feel like I feel like we really will get to that point. It's we've definitely struggled in some some previous games, but I feel like at some some point we're really going to start clicking. And and when that time does come, it's it's going to be very scary. You mentioned that uh, when we were talking with the general media that you know being from Nashville, you're going to have it's not that far um, yeah. to to Starkville, so you're going to have a lot of support down there. What is that going to be like to you to be able to go back down into SEC country, uh, whether you play or not, just to be able, uh, not just you, but the, this program going down there? What does that an opportunity like that mean to you in this program? It means so much to me. I mean, growing up, it was the SEC football teams that my friends and I always watched. It was those are the teams that everyone really loves. And, and being able to go and compete with such great programs that, that exist in the SEC is, is a great opportunity for, for BYU and for us athletes individually as well. I, I know personally that, that we have quite a few games, not only this year, but in years to come, where we, where we do go down south and play teams in the SEC. And those, those games obviously make me very excited. <laughs> I am very interested to see how my final four questions go with you. I'm, right. I'm looking forward to this one. Again, personality questions. Yep, just I'm ready. If you could only eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'm going to go Cinnamon Toast Crunch, just because it makes the milk all cinnamon cinnamon It's probably not even a word. It's but, a word now, yeah. Okay, and I feel like that flavor with the milk and the cereal combined is just unmatched. Okay. That's, you cannot go wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. All right, who is your favorite Disney character? Do I have to go animation, or can I go? No, no, you can go anybody, any, any Disney character. Any Disney character. I would say my favorite Disney movie would be Remember the Titans. So okay. maybe Gary Bertier from uh, that old show would be my favorite Disney character. Okay. If I wanted to go animation, probably like Mulan or something. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I've not had a Mulan. Uh, uh, Bo Hodge said uh, Hercules was his. Hercules, wow. So, that, yeah. that would have been a good option. I, I just couldn't think. That, that's all right. Spot, that's all plan. right. Uh, this is the one I'm most curious about. When they make your life story into a movie, all right. what actor... Do you want to play you? I'm going to go uh, Ben Affleck. I think that I think he could really display my life pretty well. Really? Yeah. yeah I think okay. Now maybe this is just on me, but I was expecting you to go somebody with red hair. See, see, that's why I was curious yeah, about that's it. A, that's a good question. That's a good question. Honestly, I don't think there there are too many redhead 
talented actors out there or, or big names that, that I could say. And I think for my life story, I would need a, a really well-established actor. So that's that's what I want. I love that answer. That is that is awesome. I love that. All right, last question. What is the best part about playing football for BYU? I would say the overall atmosphere of, of the university, the people that you are involved with and are able to communicate with on a, on a daily basis. The, the classes that we take here, the education system, just the whole package is is something that I, I really love and really appreciate. Really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, good luck uh, Saturday in Starkville. Awesome. Thank you very much. That was a BYU quarterback Joe Critchlow. And Mar- I, he was a great young man to talk to. The one thing that, that stood out to me above everything else was when I asked him to explain his game, to describe his game, the very first thing out of his mouth, he said, I'm a pro-style quarterback. That, yeah. that, that, stuck at, that stood out to me um, throughout, ever since I did that interview, that's something that stood out to me, that that was the very first thing he said is, I'm a pro-style quarterback. And that's what he, they want him to be. But, uh, yeah, I liked his humility. You know, he uh, he's still selling the gospel right there. I, yeah. I thought that was good <laughs> that, uh, you know, he enjoyed his time, and he's still it's still not that far removed from him. So uh, I think he's right in everything he said about BYU. Boy, the atmosphere and the teammates are just great. So good, good guy. Nice job. All right. When we come back, we will preview – Cougar pregame live, and we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. The Cougar Countdown Show continues right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Jason Shepard, joined by Mark Lyons. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is Cougar pregame live. Nate Mickle will join me for Nate's Notes. You will also hear from Bulldog head coach Dan Mullen. That's all coming up on Cougar pregame live. Before we visit with the voice, let's quickly pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Welcome back. It's now time to visit with The Voice, brought to you by Harper's Homemade Bread, all-natural, homemade fresh, homemade good. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg. Good morning. Good morning, Jason. Welcome to Davis Wade Stadium at Scott Field here in Starkville, where where it's warm and humid, and for the time being a little bit breezy, which is actually kind of nice down on the field because it's a warm one. That's what we hear. It's uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a warm one out there. But luckily for you guys, I'm assuming you're in the shade, and uh, it should be a comfortable afternoon at least for you, Mark and Nate. Well, we're in the shade, but uh, we're in an open air booth, so we're feeling the effects of the humidity, and that's a good thing. It's fine. We're not ne- we're never yeah. going to complain about our. No, well, sometimes no. we complain about our broadcast yes. location. Next yeah, week, <laughs> media problems. Nobody. Yeah, cares. Next week's a little different. Next week's an interesting <laughs> situation uh, in Greenville. I already know that to be a fact. But yeah, no, it's 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 SEC country. It's game day. It's uh, red brick buildings. It's uh, it's old time football, and it's actually an old time stadium. Mark, you and I have broadcast from the two oldest stadiums in the FBS on multiple occasions. This is number two in terms of age of a stadium. Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta for Georgia Tech is the oldest FBS stadium. We've done done a few games there. So there and here, we're seeing some of the oldest venues in the game. And here we are in Starkville at uh, Davis Wade for BYU and MSU. Almost 16 years after we first visited the home of the Cowbells. I'm sure I'm older than either of those stadiums, too. (laughs) 
Uh, Greg, Greg, what nuggets of wisdom can you impart on us after your sit-down with Kalani Sataki? Well, uh, as we've talked about and you've talked about, uh, Tanner Mangum will get the start today, but uh, Joe Critchlow is ready to play. And uh, they're not going to hesitate if it doesn't look like things are going right for Tanner Mangum. Uh, if if, if health-wise or otherwise... Uh, things aren't giving BYU uh, the best chance to do what they want to do. They're, they're not afraid to, to, to go to Joe since Joe's now ready to play. And, uh, and like Kalani told me, you know, we're not threatening Tanner with, you know, don't make a mistake kind of thing, but we just need to be in a position where we feel that uh, the game, cam, game plan can be executed with the guy behind center. And, and Tanner is kind of week to week working on a very gimpy ankle. And uh, if he doesn't look right, I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll feel a little more confident maybe to, in giving Joe some reps if they need to get to that point. Again, best case scenario, Tanner comes out, uh, you know, pings it around, is able to move around enough, look good, and, and stay and be the guy and keep BYU in the game. But Critchlow uh, is the number two guy, is the backup ready to go today. Uh, Butch Pau should play today. Uh, Butch did not play last week, but is available to go. How much he will go, uh, we will see. Matt Hadley is not on the trip, so uh, Matt's not playing. Uh, Johnny Tapusoa uh, may not be in the mix today. Talon Shumway is definitely not playing today. Look for some more. Akili Davis, who doesn't have a catch this year, hasn't played this year, had one catch for nine yards back in 2015. So Akile might be in the mix a little bit more today as a result. Uh, what else can we talk about? Uh, personnel? Well, Kiefer Longson's not here, uh, but uh, they did pretty steady on the O-line playing their first five anyway. So those are a few personnel notes, and I really think that BYU, if it's tough, it's tough to run for a ton against MSU, but that will be BYU's intent today is to establish some time of possession, productive run game, keep with it, practice, uh, rather, do what you practiced well to do all week, and a lot of that is very run-based today. And so uh, let's see how it transpires. They have a game plan, and like Mike Tyson says, everyone has a game plan until you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> and we'll see who punches first here today in Starco. They have nice traditions here, Greg. Uh, the band has uh, come all the way across the quad out there and now marching onto the field. Uh, it's kind of a great atmosphere for a football I game. Love, I love SEC country, and we've done Tuscaloosa and uh, Oxford and Starkville, and uh, we'll be in uh, Knoxville for Tennessee here in a season or two. And uh, nothing better than coming to these football-rich areas of the country where game day is everything. And we are in the midst of it and excited to bring you today's broadcast. Yep. Greg, our, our time today was too short, but I appreciate the information. Uh, Mark, great stuff as always from you as well. We'll hear both of you coming up in just a little bit on the broadcast. Thank you so much. You bet, Shep. Kalani's interview is about uh, 25, 30 minutes away. Excellent. We'll look forward to hearing that in its entirety. That's going to do it for the Cougar Countdown Show. Coming up next, it's Cougar Pregame Live. You're listening to the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned into BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with Cougar Pregame Live. He's going to go! Cougar Pre-Game Live is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. Now, let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into Cougar Pre-Game Live. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Coming up, you will hear from Bulldog head coach Dan Mullen, but as we always do on Cougar Pre-Game Live, we start things off with Nate's Notes, brought to you by Nissan, proud supporter of college athletics. Learn more at ChooseNissan.com. Former Cougar, current sideline reporter Nate Mickle joins me. Nate, the coaches... The players, the fans, everybody's tired of the losing. As a former player, how mentally taxing is a stretch like this on a team where you've lost five in a row? Yeah, so uh, a lot of these guys, and even myself included, you know, 
play a lot of sports, you typically don't lose five in a row. Uh, it's a tough thing that a lot of these guys don't have much experience with. But I'll tell you this, when you're playing baseball and you're losing games, you know, you're hanging out with your buddies in the dugout. You know, you don't you don't score as many runs, but you leave each game. It's like, ah, we'll get it next time, kind of whatever. Uh, basketball, uh, basketball's a little bit, you know, you take a little bit harder. You're You're working so hard running up and down the court, but it's still indoors at the end of the game. You know, it's a short game. Two hours later, you leave. Your body still feels fine. you got a good, got a good workout. But, man, when you're losing football games, is it tough. Football, you know, you're, first of all, you're dealing with the elements, so you're going to get sunburned or you're going to be freezing at the end or you've been freezing all game. Uh, physically, it's just you get beat up. You should see these guys after the game. When I, when I go back to the locker room post-game and just see how beat up the linebackers, quarterback, offensive linemen are. I mean, it's incredible. Just bruises up and down the arms, the neck, the legs. Uh, it's just emotionally, psychologically, mentally, physically draining. So, uh, man, losing streaks in football are tough, and, and I know the guys just really want to get on the right side of this. Tanner Mangum played last week. He's starting today. We know he wasn't 100% last week. How unfair is it to him to expect significant numbers today knowing that he isn't 100%? Yeah, that's tough. You know, under normal circumstances, uh, Tanner probably doesn't play last week. He probably takes another week, you know, if your backup is ready to go or if even your third-string guy was ready to go. So, you know, it's interesting. He came in and just looked so sharp on that first drive. We all thought, ah, here he is, he's back. And then uh, didn't really do anything the rest of the game. was 18 to 33, 55%. 164 yards, of course. He's limited in his mobility, and we know that that's where Tanner shines. It's just making stuff happen outside the pocket. The thing about Tanner is he's a junior now. You know, he threw for 3,000 yards as a freshman. He had all year last year to learn the offense. And the coaches and, and the fans are saying, all right, it's time. You know, it's time to make it happen. And that is just a tough situation to be in when physically you're not right, at least not 100%. But if you're playing, you got to deliver. So if you're playing, you got to play well. And if he's not playing well, then they'll give Joe a chance. Well, speaking of that, as the backup quarterback, what are reasonable expectations for Joe Critchlow? And not necessarily just today, but for the rest of the season, because we heard from from Greg just a few moments ago after his conversation with Coach Satake um, that the, the coaching staff will not hesitate to go to Joe if they feel that the, the quarterback play right. is not where it needs to be. So... What are reasonable expectations for Critchlow? Well, I think the uh, what BYU fans should be hoping for is the Tanner plays really well today and you don't Absolutely. see Joe much the rest of the season. Uh, and especially, you know, if you can get through this one, you've got some games on the schedule. ECU, San Jose State, Fresno. Well, you just keep going. UNLV, UMass, Hawaii. All of those are, are very winnable games. Uh, so hopefully you don't see a lot of Joe this year. But if you do, oh, the first thing you do is you start saying, well, what did... What did uh, a freshman just barely off his mission do last time for BYU? And that was Tanner Mangum a couple years ago. And you say, well, that worked out well. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to play, you expect him to play well. And, and uh, yeah, he's a freshman, but he's older. He's been on a mission, so he's he's a few years removed from high school. And you expect the guy to come in and, and lead the team and make plays and get some wins. So I think ultimately that's the expectation. If you're going to play, you got to play well. This Mississippi State team started out 3-0. They've lost two in a row. Really dynamic quarterback. It's an SEC defense. I mean, you know they're going to be big and fast. What stands out to you about this Bulldog football team? 
Yeah, so uh, like you said, you know, three straight games against top 25 teams. It's the only t- uh, Mississippi State's the only team that's done that so far this year. Uh, so you're, 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 uh, maybe our perception of them may be a little skewed based on who they're playing. But kind of the first thing that jumps out is 253 yards per game on the ground. That's third in the SEC, 17th nationally. And how many times have they fumbled it? Well, they've lost zero. Uh, so just a great pound on the ground, take care of the ball, 250 yards. That's a lot on the ground. And then they got a quarterback who's experienced. Uh, he's got 56 career TDs, second in school history behind a guy named Dak Prescott. May have heard of him. <laughs> and then uh, they're 17th national in, in total defense. So uh, top to bottom, just a very solid, uh, just a good SEC football team. When you look at Vegas, Vegas does not think BYU is going to be in this game. So I want to ask you this. If BYU can somehow pull off a big upset today, it will be because they did what? Yeah, so I think uh, I think Vegas has had its feelings hurt because uh, BYU has just underperformed uh, week after week compared to what the predictions were. But for BYU to win, um, well, right now they're 125th nationally in turnover margin, so it's going to take some big change in momentum plays. So they're going to have to win the turnover battle. And then that 200 yards passing, that's the, that's the number that's been hanging over BYU's head for over a year now. They've got to be able to throw the ball. How much Ula Tolatau do you expect today? Uh, I mean, that's one that I, I think you need to see a lot of. If you can, now, Mississippi State's a great run defense. But, right. uh, you know, post game last week, Ula, or, uh, Kalani was talking about Ula and saying, you know, we need to make sure he gets the ball more. And, and it was something that BYU... They were down last week, but it seems like, in hindsight, they went away from the run too early. Ula was turning up yards in the first half. Ula right now is the most, in my mind, the most consistent. Uh, he's the guy that's demonstrated the most ability on offense to move the ball. So I think uh, you got to see Ula getting, you know, 15, 20 carries. Let me throw out this scenario to you. So let's say that Ula is having some success. And, is, and as you mentioned, and, you know, it's is very obvious this rush defense for Mississippi State is very good. So, But for the sake of, of this argument, let's let's say that Ula is having some success, but yet BYU is down. Normally, the script would be, well, you got to throw the ball because you're down. Would, would you see a scenario where they would continue to go to Ula just to continue to get positive yardage? Well, I think that's what uh, – I think that was the mistake that happened last week, and I think you saw it against Utah. BYU got down, and you get down 7 or 10 or even 14, and it feels kind of insurmountable. Like, oh, we got to really just go to the pass. But just going to the pass has not been effective this season, and the run has been effective. And so I think you need to stick with the run no matter what. Because even if you're down 30, if you go straight to the pass, well, it's, it's not working going straight to the pass. So you still need to pick up yards and get first downs. And the most consistent way to do that this season has been with Ula on the ground. So I think just in terms of moving the ball and picking up first downs, which are required to score points, uh, you got to stick with Ula. You uh, you got the shorts on today. I know it's going to be in the 80s and humid. Uh, you, are you prepared for the weather? You know, uh, it, it's just so fun to come out to places <laughs> like this. It's going to be warm. My sister texted me a picture of uh, my hometown, Idaho Falls. There's snow everywhere in Idaho <laughs> Falls this morning. Uh, you know, it's, it's just fun to drive past the beautiful trees and the buildings. Saw my first cotton fields. 
Uh, so, you know, Greg mentioned SEC country, and it's mm-hmm. just an amazing place to be and, and, and couldn't be more excited to be here and watch the game today. Well, and uh, enjoy the cowbells because they'll be out of in full force yeah, today. Absolutely. Nate, great stuff, man. Always enjoy the conversation. Uh, we'll hear you with Greg and Mark coming up in just a little bit. All right. Thanks, Chef. There you go. That's Nate Mickle from Starkville, Mississippi. On the other side, a conversation with Mississippi State head coach Dan Maughan. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Jason Shepard with you. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Getting you ready for BYU and Mississippi State. Earlier this week, Ben Bagley helped me out and talked with Bulldog head coach Dan Mullen. Now, Mullen is in his ninth season in Starkville. His record with the Bulldogs, 64-44. and His team looking to bounce back after two straight losses plus a bye week. Here's Ben Bagley with Dan Mullen. Coach, first off, describe to Cougar fans who may be making their first trip to Starksville, Mississippi, what the game day atmosphere is like and what they can expect at Davis Wade Stadium. Well, you know, I mean, anytime you're here down in the Southeastern Conference, I mean, uh, football's uh, football's a religion down here. So it's uh, uh, game days are more than a, than just about the football game. It's really an event. You know, I think that starts probably early Friday afternoon and goes well into uh, well beyond after the game ends. You know, where uh, uh, you have all kinds of people coming to town. I mean, you usually have a lot of crazy things going on. Uh, the great tailgating, uh, unbelievable events before the game Friday night. Uh, the town's just alive with people everywhere. Um, Saturday, we're going to have an early kickoff, though. So, um, you know, I mean, sometimes sometimes it takes people a little bit longer to get warmed up and uh, uh, with the fan base. But, you know what, I notice usually even after Saturday, after the game, the people will be out tailgating in the parking lot, having a great time going all the way into Saturday night. Well, I know early morning, afternoon, or late at night, it doesn't matter. A cowbell still rings, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, they'll have their cowbells going, and they'll be ringing them proud and loud. And, uh, uh, you know, it's one of the great traditions in college football. Let's talk about your team a little bit. After a disappointing loss uh, before the bye week against Auburn, how beneficial has it been for your team to have the extra week preparing for BYU? Uh, it's not bad. We, you know, we took that time. We got a really, really young football team. So we took that time to hopefully get one or two guys back from injury uh, from that game, you know, from uh, coming off the bye week. But we took that time to really uh, focus on ourselves, get back to some technique and fundamental work. And, uh, you know, they, they get lost sometimes when you're, you're going from one game plan to the next week to week. And uh, so hopefully for the young players, they took, we took, uh, we're, we're able to take advantage of that time to get back to a lot of fundamental and technique work for those guys. Last year's meeting between uh, the Bulldogs and the Cougars was a double overtime thriller here in Provo. What do you remember most about that game? Uh, you know what? I mean, it was it was a great atmosphere. It was a close game, coming right down to the wire, and and obviously going into double overtime. And uh, for me, obviously, the disappointment of of some some critical. Um, mistakes that we made uh during the course of that game especially uh, especially in regulation you know with opportunities to win that you know but you you gotta you have to uh, great to show our guys you have to take advantage of every opportunity that you have uh and if you don't you know you're gonna put yourself in tough situations like we did last year coaches teams always looking for motivation to use last year as a bit of motivation for this year uh, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, like I said, we have a lot of young players, so a lot of guys weren't weren't around last year, but I know the ones that were will, and, you know, I think they have the opportunity to go out there and redeem themselves in a game that, that uh, they felt they should have won, and, um, you know, and, and uh, go out there and, and, and play at a much higher level this year. 
One guy who was there last year was your QB, Nick Fitzgerald, and you've been in, in your coaching career. You've seen some good ones, and Alex Smith, Tim Tebow, Dak Prescott, and now Nick Fitzgerald. How does he compare to some of the other quarterbacks you've seen? And how has he grown from last year to this year? Well, you know, it's hard to compare guys. They're all so different to me, and um, you know, so it's, it's they bring so many different things to the table. So you know, he's. He's like Nick Fitzgerald, <laughs> uh, not like any of the other guys, and uh, but none of the other guys were like any of the other ones either. So he, um, but he's, uh, he, you know, he he's grown a lot, I think, in in understanding the offense, making his reads, his confidence in understanding how to how to get through a game plan, um, you know, and his confidence out there on the field and in, in having seen things and, um, uh, you know, because the more reps you get, the better you're going to perform at a quarterback, and he's had more game reps, so you know, just he's been in more situations and knows how to deal with them. How about your team as a whole? How have they grown or how have they changed from last year here in Provo as, as we prepare to fa- see this game Saturday in Starkville? Well, I, I hope, you know, we're, we're a team that plays a lot harder than we did last year. I think we, we lost a little bit of a chip on our shoulder last year in the edge that we usually play with. Um, you know, that we, we've built this program on, you know, which is 11 guys on the field playing as hard as they can every single snap and, um, you know, not worried about, you know, whether we're the biggest, fastest, strongest team in the country or, or really, you know, what, who, who we're playing. It's, it's how hard can we play every single snap. And uh, our guys, I, you know, I've seen that so far this season that, that they've, they've gone back to that kind of that, that blue-collar attitude that's made us uh, be successful here at Mississippi State. One one area of success that your team's really having right now is the ground game, really dominating 17th nationally at 252 yards per game, averaging just over five yards a carry. What do you attribute that success of the ground game for the Bulldogs? Well, I, I think you know, for us, we, we have um, you know we have we have a quarterback one that can run the ball, and uh, you know, so he keeps he adds an extra dimension to us. But I, I think the majority of our running backs, you know, how they've grown, Harris Williams from being a guy that uh, was really learning how to play the position. I think he, he led us in rushing last year at, at the BYU game, but uh, you know he was still really growing into the offense as, as a backup player, and he, he's now matured and uh, you know took over the starting role for the second half of last season. Uh, has grown into a uh, into a uh, into a really good running back, and then the depth behind him with some young talented players behind him coming on the field uh, that um, you know I mean allows us to to uh, to be able to run the ball and 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 you know I think also some maturity at our quarterback of getting us into the right plays, the right checks, and making the right decisions both run and pass to try to keep us balanced. Um, you know, fifty fifty allows you to have success on the ground. Defensive on the defensive side of the ball, coach. How would you? What would you describe as the strength or the, your strongest position from that side of the ball? Well, I don't. I don't know because we do have a lot of young players. You know, I don't think there. You know, there's uh, in our there's not one senior on our defensive line. Um, you know, and there there's there's we have a senior linebacker, and, and then we rotate a lot of guys on the back end to play guys. But uh, to me, the strength is 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 the attitude that we've taken that some of the leadership of of our younger players. Of, of they came here that we're going to play great defense. I know Todd Grantham uh, has come in and uh, brought back the mindset of what I expect our defense to be like. Um, you know the physical nature of it, the attacking style of the defense, and uh, you know, and, and he's got our guys to go 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 believe in that and go play. And and you know, we try to rotate and play a lot of different guys on the defensive side of the ball to keep them fresh, so that we can they can live up to the standards and the expectations of how hard we want them to play by, by you know, rotating guys and keeping them fresh throughout the game. What or who stands out when you watch tape on this BYU team? <clears throat> 
Well, you know, I mean, to me, I, I, you look at them uh, and you look at the, the physicality up front on both sides of the ball that they bring. You know, they got a big physical defensive line. they got a veteran offensive line. You know, and when you do that, you know, I know they've, they've had some injuries and banged up and, you know, with, with the quarterback, and that, that can really throw you off. But I, but I think, you know, you watch them, the competitiveness that they've, they've shown in games, where they are, even though, um, you know, they've come up on the, on the short end a couple times, you know, they're, bat, they're in every game because of the physicality of their offensive and defensive lines. Coach, thanks so much for your time. Look forward to having a good game on Saturday. Thank you. Great to be with you. Have a great day. All right, that was Mississippi State head coach Dan Mullen talking with Ben Bagley this week. Appreciate Ben's help on that interview. We're going to wrap up Cougar pregame live next. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, that is a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get Coach Kalani Satake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I grew up a big BYU fan. I got to play here, and now I'm the coach. I live every day with a lot of gratitude and just happy in the position that I'm in. Now, let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good morning, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside Davis Wade Stadium at Scott Field on the campus of Mississippi State University as today. The Cougars visit SEC country for a mid-season matchup with the Bulldogs of MSU. Fourth all-time game in a series. BYU leads by a 2-1 margin. The Cougars' only other visit here in 2001 resulted in a wild BYU win. I'm Greg Grubel. We'll have today's play-by-play call assisted, as always, by my longtime broadcast partner and former BYU quarterback, the Arvada Flash, Mark Lyons. And to Mark, after five consecutive losses, You'd like a little light at the end of the tunnel, but instead uh, the train coming the other way is colored maroon and gray. (laughs) MSU coming off a bye, which followed three straight games against top 15 teams. The Bulldogs won one and lost two of those games. Now they're expected to win big in this game. The Cougars, meantime, come to Mississippi, the home state of Elvis Presley, all shook up (laughs) and banged up and a little fed up, probably. (laughs) And these guys need a win. Well, absolutely, Greg. Uh, Man, I'm excited to be back in Starkville, Mississippi. And, uh, boy, the atmosphere is just terrific today. The tailgaters, the band, the cowbells. Yeah, it's all something. Uh, you know, back in SEC country, it's tough. Uh, teams are big and physical. They like to run that uh, hard power run game. And their defenses are always tough. Uh, they're, just, they're just solid, you know, tough as nails, guys. And so you're right, my friend. Losing five in a row, you want to turn it around, and coaches have stated they've got to fix this skid. But, you know, since you bring up Elvis, he might say, it's now or never. (laughs) And uh, we're really getting close to being that dire for BYU. Last year, BYU beat Mississippi State and Provo in a double overtime. It was awesome. But BYU lost their starting quarterback and running back to graduation in the NFL. And the Bulldogs have those two guys back for them this year. Their leading uh, ground gainer and their running back. And Nick Fitzgerald, he's their second leading rusher on the team. And he's their quarterback. 
So uh, I think that's pretty solid for them to be able to feel pretty comfortable about what they're going to do. BYU's had a rougher time this year than usual with injuries. There's just too many personnel that are dealing with injury problems. They've had over 30 players injured this year. And that's just, now this isn't 30 player games missed. That's 30 guys who yeah, have missed at least guys. one game. So you're talking about you know, multiple, you know, the, the number of player games missed is much larger than that. And yeah. more than 21 guys are two deep guys. So two-thirds of the injured guys are two deepers. And 11 of them are starters. So a third are starters. Yeah, and that's just, uh, you know, when you're fixing everything, you're putting different personnel in there. Everybody has the injuries. But this year's tougher than normal. But today, you know, we'll stay with that Elvis theme. Today, BYU wants to come out of here saying, you ain't a nothing but a bulldog. <laughs> so they'll be singing that as they walk by those Mississippi State guys. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. It is that, man. It is just a super Saturday here in Starkville. Well, we hope there's a... A little less conversation, a little more action for BYU today against the Bulldogs. I think we're elbowed out. Uh, yeah. Coming up next, my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Starkville on the new skin BYU Sports Network. All right, so we've got BYU and Mississippi State straight ahead here in Starkville. We're back in the state where the Cougars' era of independence began. It's back in 2011 that BYU visited Ole Miss, and BYU won a 14-13 affair. Cougar fans would certainly take that same score here today. It's another week of a quarterback questions as ineffectiveness and injury have been the main storylines over the last few weeks. Eight days ago, we had another player hop on the QB carousel. Returned missionary freshman Joe Critchlow, who enters today's game as the primary backup to a banged-up Tanner Mangum. A short time ago, I spoke with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, who updates us now on the battle plan behind center for today's set-to in Starkville. Well, yeah, we'll see how Tanner feels. Uh, assuming that he's... Uh much better than he was last week health-wise you know I, I think that the the goal is to see whether or not he's um able to function and able to keep going what he started the game with last week and he's able to sustain it if he, if, if he feel we feel like he's slipping and he's been he's going to try to communicate with us and be honest about his uh, how he feels and it's just hard to say until you get hit the first time you know and so uh, we'll, we'll see how he how it affects his decision making and how how he can play with the injury and and, um, you know, we know that he can't hurt it anymore, so it's just a kind of a pain tolerance thing. And then uh, if he's unable to go, then we'll go with Joe, Joe Critchlow. What kind of margin does he have, do you think, before you make a decision to go a different direction uh, today? Well, I don't think it's uh, it's that you threaten him with um, mistakes or anything, but if we feel like he he's not able to really function 100% and, and that it's hurting the team, then, then we'll make an adjustment. But... Um, you know, the goal is to see what, how he functions, how he goes. I mean, because practice, no one hits him. So yeah. it all depends on how physical the game gets and how many hits he takes and how he feels uh, after every play and after every drive. What kind of week did he and Joe have? They had great week preparation. I thought I thought um, from what we saw this week, it was really good. We just have to keep. 
putting it together and, and sustain it. The, 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 the goal is to be consistent this, state, this game and, and sustain drives. It's not going to be perfect, but um, we can't make huge mistakes, especially uh, the stuff that we practice and uh, simplify a lot of things and try to make it easier for our guys to make a decision, better decisions. But, um, you know, we feel good about this week and we'll how, we have to see how it goes. Beyond the consistency part of it, uh, in what areas do you do you think the offense might be better because of what you've worked on this past week? Well, I think we have to run the ball. That's that's something that we we need to establish a run game, and uh, it's going to be difficult seeing that Mississippi State's a big big group, and and their front seven is capable of stopping the run. So uh, we if we just have to be able to make um, get some chunk yardage and. And a lot of times, just getting the ball and spreading it out. And I mean, I think the quick game and also the um, the quick screen game is part of our, our run game as well. It's an mm-hmm. extension of our run game. And so it's just a matter of doing all that and establishing that and having some some success and then taking some shots downfield. And but I think we have to establish the line of scrimmage first before we can do anything. And if not, then then we have some adjustments to make and, and uh, some things to do that, that I think will help us. And so when I say run, I think a lot of people look at it as like, okay, we got to get run yardage and uh, although you want to do that, but I think it's more about uh, spreading it out a little bit. And you basically take what they give you. You can do that in the run game as well as pass game. Now, your offensive personnel are different this year, but is there some value in the fact that your guys played MSU and beat these guys uh, last year? So you've seen it and you've done well against it. Yeah, I think our guys have a little confidence. You know, um, uh, they're familiar that we, we played against them last year and hung with them. They're a big group still, and there's a lot of the guys that are returning. Um, so we have our, our especially at the front line. You know, we feel like we have guys that are returning that played in that game. They can they can help us, and the new guys should be able to improve what we were able to do last year. So it's just a matter, you know, just looking at it. We just have to just get out there and play the game, and um, just really excited to see how we stack up. Uh, personnel wise, you're down a good receiver in uh, Talon Shumway today, right? Yeah, Talon will not be playing, but um, you know, it's, it's a good opportunity for Akili Davis and uh, Neil Pau and Jonah Turner and the others to make up make up the difference. Defensively, didn't have Butch last week. A chance he gets in today? Yeah, Butch will play today, and um, similar to, to, to Tanner, we'll see how he he goes. But I think we'll be able to uh, rotate Pulsifer in there as well, and and, and um, you know may see Sione Takitaki as a linebacker too. Okay, uh, Mississippi State. Uh, some some thumbnail notes maybe on their scout on both sides of the ball. What do they do well? Well, um, you know their main thing is to stop the run, and then uh, they they apply some pressure and. Uh, they change up their their coverages quite a bit on defense, but they're aggressive and they're athletic. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think that we can go in there thinking that we're going to be able to just do one thing. I think we have to be balanced and be able to hit them on different angles and, and be able to do different things in the run game and the pass game. That way, we can uh, keep them guessing quite a bit, you know. But we have to have some success in both both the run and the pass in order for the force to do that. What we had in Taysom Hill, they've got in Nick Fitzgerald. Yeah, and he's a, he's an established player, but he can run the ball. He's got tons of yardage running, and he's ha- has a lot more um, experience under his belt, even from last year. And so, uh, big target, and um, you know we're going to have to keep him bottled up and try to keep him contained. But they use him in the run game quite a bit, and so uh, if he tries to run, we're going to really have to take care of his his running ability because he can get out and. I mean, that's what they had with, with Dak and a lot of the quarterbacks that have played here in the past. So uh, Nick, Nick is a, a great player and can throw the ball, too. So he's a complete package when it comes to quarterbacks, and he's big. I mean, he's 6'5", and 
230 pounds, so he's going to be hard to take down as well. It's a tough spot for you guys right now, uh, but what's the vibe of the guys relative to being an SEC country and a chance to uh, uh, you know, do something that uh, nobody's expecting you to do? Yeah, I mean, our guys, uh, they love the game. They love the opportunity to represent BYU and uh, their families. And so uh, there's a lot of uh, gratitude to be here and have this this uh, opportunity to come here into Starkville and play this game. And, and uh, it's a historic site that they've seen in the, one of the best conferences in college football. So, um, you know, looking forward to seeing the cowbells and hearing them and, and uh, trying to make it quiet. That's our goal. A couple of top ten teams lost last night in big upsets. Maybe it's the uh, weekend of the upset. That, that would be the hope. Let's hope. I mean, that's a good start, and uh, you know, is, is, uh, we play. You play the game for a reason, so uh, let's go out and play it. Not a lot of people are giving us a lot of chance, but the guys that believe are, are in this locker room and in this coaching staff, and that's all. That's all that matters. All right, coach. Best of luck today here in Starkville. We'll talk to you after the game. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. All right, that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake and the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Our preview of BYU and MSU continues after this break on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Kickoff. Touchdown! He does it again! He's just around the corner. You're tuned to the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. Republic Wireless. Life is better when we're connected. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by your local Utah Honda dealers and by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. With the cowbells clanging, good morning again from Davis Wade Stadium at Scott Field in Starkville, Mississippi, where the sounds of cowbells fill the air on game days, and it's been 28 days since the home fans have had a chance to ring them, so I'm sure they're eager to get to clanging with the Cougars in town. I'm Greg Rubel, joined in our broadcast booth by game analyst Mark Lyons, engineer Sean Fay, spotter Doug Martin, statsman Rolf Sokolowski, and down on the field, former Cougar receiver, return man, and academic all-american nate mickle nate reports from the zions bank end zone zions bank we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business nate coming up a little later on jason shepherd is our studio host our control board operator is carter malloy and our broadcast intern is tanner wilkinson our best wishes go out and go back to our usual game day engineer barry squires Barry is tending to important family matters today back home, and we miss him. Uh, Barry Squires is not only an expert engineer, he's more importantly a sweet and a wonderful guy. He is as patient as he is proficient, and we on this crew are blessed to work with him. Uh, Barry has placed us in the capable hands of BYU broadcasting engineer Sean Fay today, and he'll sail his maiden voyage with us here in Starkville, and we're happy to have Sean at the helm. You are tuned in on the new skin BYU Sports Network. We're around the country on satellite via BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Locally, KSL News Radio 102.7 FM, 1160 AM in Salt Lake City. Also on our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. And we are around the world online at BYURadio.org, BYUCougars.com, KSL.com, and on the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Radio app, the KSL Radio app, the TuneIn Radio app. Great to have you with us here today. 
Well, with each passing week of this five-game losing streak, the head coach Kalani Satake has intensified his search for a team identity. But Mark, the harder he has looked, the tougher it's been to see the results of his inspection. Now, whether due to injury or opponent or any combination of factors, the Cougars still don't have a lot on which to hang their hat. Besides a generally stout run and red zone defense, offensively, though, it's been tough. And I get the sense that Kalani wants his offensive staff and players to figure out the very few things that work and work well and do those things well enough, especially here today, so that an identity begins to form. And it's kind of ground-based right now. Yeah, it's tough, you know. Right now, they want to be a balanced run and pass team. That's really what their goal is. But they haven't had enough success running the football. 3.5 per rush is just not good enough, not consistent enough with the pass game. 52% 52% completion. You know, their opening drive last week was uh, they had good field position. You start right there, and uh, Tanner was 4 for 4 throwing the football. They completed passes twice on first down. So all of a sudden, things are going well for you. So simplifying the offense, the plays you run, should help execution. Repetition is the key to get things right when you repeat and repeat and repeat. If you reduce the amount of things that you're trying to do, you get more repetition of the things you want to accomplish. Now, Mississippi State, they're they're tough on defense, so I really think that this is a challenging day for them to come out and do better, but that's your goal. Beat the good guys. So here's your opportunity to show that you've accomplished something. All right, more of the Republic Wireless Cougar kickoff show coming up after the break. Stay in touch with nationwide smartphone coverage starting at $20 per month. Republic Wireless, better coverage and more places for less money. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back inside Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville for BYU and Mississippi State for this mid-morning matchup between 1-5 and five at BYU and 3-2 and two MSU. The Bulldogs open the season at 3-0. and oh. They got into the top 25 after outscoring their first three opponents 143-28. to 28. Last two games versus ranked Georgia and ranked Auburn, two pretty good teams. The Bulldogs have been outscored 80 to 13. Then came a bye week and now comes BYU. Let's take a look at You Be the Judge brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally, Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. Fourth and ten on the opponent's 27-yard line. With six seconds remaining until halftime, the attacking team's field goal is ruled good and time expires on the play. Replay shows that when the ball cleared the crossbar and landed on the ground behind the goalpost, one second remained on the clock. Does that second go back on the clock and does the half continue? The answer coming up next as the Republic Wireless Cougar kickoff show continues from Starkville on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Right, so back at the Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville, BYU and Mississippi State. First of back-to-back road games for the Cougars who go from Starkville to Greenville next Saturday at East Carolina. Time to get to today's answer in uh, the football rules question. You be the judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Here's today's football rules scenario. Fourth and ten on the opponent's 27-yard line. So we're looking at a 44-yard field goal, right? Well, with six seconds remaining until halftime, the attacking team attempts that field goal, and it's ruled good. And time expires on the field, but replay shows that when the ball cleared the crossbar and landed on the ground behind the goalpost, one second remained on the clock. Does the second go back on the clock, and does the half continue? And the ruling is, no, it does not. The play is not reviewable as to whether there should be time remaining on the clock. In order to put time back on the clock, 
the next play must be from scrimmage. The next play in this case would be a kickoff, yeah. so we cannot put time back on the clock. I didn't know that. You Thanks, be the Greg. judge, presented by Legally Mind. Well, for BYU to become bowl eligible, the Cougars need to win at least seven games. Go seven and six. So BYU needs six more wins. They have seven games left. Mark, if the Cougs are going to extend their bowl streak to 13 years, a lot of winning has to happen down the stretch. If it doesn't happen today, BYU will need to win out to play in the postseason. Now, while the schedule softens, that's a tall task for a team currently without a single FBS win on the year. You know, it does weaken after this week. And I've said before, I believe this team still believes it can win. I think the captains still can lead them and uh, be successful. I do think there needs to be a commitment for everyone to be more focused on what they're doing and work harder each week to help gain that attitude that we can beat somebody. Hold that thought as we enjoy our national anthem. country the flyover the cowbells that was something else listen to that cowbell cacophony here in starkville well mark just to finish off our thought there byu if it doesn't get the result today of course we hope that this is the weekend of the upset and they get the win here today if they don't get the win that means winning out winning six in a row at least they would have a finish line in sight right they know what they have to do that's right they know exactly what's coming up and ahead of them and again greg you know uh they have to feel comfortable about what they do in preparation for each week's game to believe that they can go out and win. That's the thing that I think has to turn around for them. When you lose five in a row, you start to wonder. All right, coming up, we'll hear from Nate Mickle at field level as our pregame coverage of BYU and MSU continues from Starkville. This is the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, just ahead of BYU and Mississippi State. Uh, Cougs' first visit to Starkville since uh, Luke Staley's last game in a BYU uniform back in 2001. He left that game seconds from the end with an injured ankle. Matt Payne kicked a last-second game-winning field goal, but it was a somewhat uh, somber victory to get to 12-0. BYU would then lose its last two games that year without Luke and finish 12-2. Now, BYU's currently lost five straight games for the first time since 1970. The last six-game skid was in 1968. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, Mark, you were on that team, but I'm not bringing that up. Uh, this team, this current team, is not without its redemptive qualities. What do you like about this BYU group that may uh, bode well, not only for the, the, the stretch run, but moving ahead, seasons ahead? You know, they have a lot of receivers that we've seen make great catches. 
And so one of the areas that I think that they are going to be productive and stronger is going to be at that receiver position. And so, uh, you know, Matt Bushman has is that tight end that BYU's been looking for to develop and build your offense around. And so I think that's a, a solid thing. But uh, I do think uh, I like the way the defense is continuing to play very well without bringing pressure. They're pretty solid with everything they do, and they haven't had that pressure that we're expecting to see. So the fact that they play pretty much straight up and still stay in the ballgame with reducing points, that's another positive for BYU. Let's bring in Nate Nickel now from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten, who keeps us in business. And uh, Nate coming off of five straight losses and with their bowl backs now against the wall. BYU's greatest asset right now might just be that nothing-to-lose mentality that uh, puts maybe a collective chip on the shoulder and brings out the best of these guys down the stretch. How do you assess the current situation? Yeah, absolutely. It's time to fix it now. The mindset is today is the day. We put it together on the road here in the south where football is king. Perfect opportunity to right the ship. All right, we're looking ahead to more cowbell here in Starkville. Kickoff is coming up after this. We'll get marks, Ken Garf, keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kick. This has been the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin BYU Sports Network.